You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking it's excellence. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Seeking Access Podcast. It is election day, hot dog. It is election day, the most highly anticipated election, certainly of my lifetime, perhaps of yours as well. This is an exciting day. It's a terrifying day. It's a nerve-wracking day, right? It's a lot of chaos. So I'm going to talk about that today. I want to talk about entering into the chaos. This isn't going to be an exhortation of who you should vote for. This isn't going to be going to be a, a political podcast. Um, you know, I, I want to do one eventually on on that, on kind of like my stance on social issues, not necessarily a political podcast, but on a lot of major social issues someday. But this is not that today. Today, I'm just going to tell you, talk to you about entering into the chaos that is inevitably going to come as we enter into this election day and as we go into this election night, especially. And I think if you have any, uh, you know, uh, sense of reality, you probably recognize that this probably won't be over tonight. And, you know, this is probably going to extend a few days thanks to, uh, you know, laws passed and <clears throat> adjustments made in voting in the great state of my home state of Pennsylvania. Uh, I say great somewhat sarcastically, but yeah, we probably got a few days of this. So it's going to be pretty crazy, pretty chaotic. Obviously, businesses are boarding up across the country in preparation for riots. Uh, you know, I think that everybody's kind of going, you know, social media is obviously just blowing up today and it's intense. Um, everybody's going out to vote. You've never been reminded in your life. I know this for a fact to vote as much as you have this year, as much as you will be today. Um, and so shout out to all of the, the heroic people who have taken pictures of themselves voting and have reminded all of us to vote because without them, we probably would have just utterly forgot and, uh, that would have been tragic. So thank you to everybody who's done gone above and beyond on their duty of not only voting, but reminding everybody to vote and letting everybody know that they voted. So anyways, let's get into some chaos stuff. So remember, I think, you know, when, when it comes to entering into the chaos that we're going to have over the next few days, over the next few weeks, potentially over the next few years in this country, who even knows, right? Like who knows what's going to happen? I think there's some important things that I just want to remind you of as, as a as a person that's seeking excellence, as a person who's striving for sainthood, as a person who's, uh, you know, fighting to live a life of virtue in this world, this chaotic and crazy world that we live in, is that that never changes, right? So your desire for excellence, your desire for greatness, your desire for holiness, 
your desire to be all that you can be to fulfill your life's potential never changes. And the fact of the matter is that whoever's the president doesn't really come in the way of you pursuing that. Now, are there some big things that I'm not saying the politics don't matter. I'm not saying the national politics don't matter. Or the federal government doesn't matter. They do. But as I've stated, you know, in my black and white series and in different podcasts and things like that is that you have to take extreme ownership of your situation. And you don't want to emphasize the importance of the political sphere, of the social sphere, of the social pillar of excellence to the point where you're losing control of your life, to where you're losing um, your faith in God's control of your life, of God's control over your future, and where you lose uh, the perspective that we, as you know, ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom of God, don't belong here. This is a transition period for us, right? Like this is this um, our testing ground. We are the church militant. We are not uh, going to be the church militant forever. You know, I, I use those terms because we just celebrated All Saints and All Souls Day, but we have the church militant, the church suffering, and the church triumphant. And we're God willing, you know, and hopefully, if you know everything works out the way we hope it will, we'll pass through all three of those phases and we'll end up church triumphant in heaven with Jesus forever. And that's what we want. And that's capable or possible that's possible no matter who's the president and so it's important to remember that you were able to be a saint no matter who's the president right there were saints that came out of world war ii there were saints that came out of the civil war era there were saints that came out of all these horrific you know phases over the last two thousand years the church will survive because jesus promised us that it would so the church will survive things may look different things may get more challenging churches may close again whatever you know who knows what's going to happen no matter how bad uh you know your your priest or your bishop or our pope or whoever you know how much how much you might disagree with them whatever it might be we know and we trust and believe that our church will survive and so we want to come into a day like today i'm kind of surprised at how hopeful and optimistic i am today because many of you know that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about politics and about this election i've shared a lot of things personally on this i haven't shared my story on here yet but uh you know like i said earlier i hope to but i think that we ought to be hopeful and optimistic today because we are if, if not us then who if we're not going to be hopeful and optimistic and joyful and peaceful today then who will blessed are the peacemakers Blessed are those, um, you know, who uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like we're called to, to balance those two things, right? To hunger and thirst for righteousness, but not to the sake where we just cause uh, division and we're hateful and we're rude and we're angry at those who disagree with the way that righteousness should come about, right? That, that disagree with us on what justice really is. And so remember that we, we're called to, to both, both hunger and thirst for righteousness and to be peacemakers. And so God has made us, he's designed us to be both of those things, um, you know, through our baptism and, and through his grace, he will transform us into being the lights in the world that he needs us to be during this time. And you know that there's people out there struggling and suffering during this. There's people who are wildly convicted on both sides that they are absolutely right. And so we have to understand that and you have to be, uh, you know, aware of that when we're talking with people, when we're having these conversations with people, allowing people to grieve who are, you know, even if they're crazy, you know, there's going to be people screaming in the streets. There's going to, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. <laughs> and we have to understand and empathize with those people while not condoning bad behavior to empathize with people, no matter if we agree with them or disagree with them for their, what we might consider excessive emotional reactions to what's going to happen and pray for our country, pray for our leader, pray for our president, whoever it ends up being, um, 
and to just be saints in our lives and to pursue personal holiness, to make disciples of all nations. We never lose sight of that. And I think that it's important for you to remember that if you're a Democrat, you are called to make disciples of, of Republicans. If you're a Republican, you're still called to make disciples of Democrats. And uh, we have to keep that in mind. We're called to make disciples of the people who disagree with us. I've had some serious, intense conversations over the last few days. I've had a lot of sarcastic, rude remarks, people who have talked negatively about me, my family, my girlfriend, you know, all these different types of people, all, the, all different types of nasty things said to me over conversations over abortion or over racism or all these different topics, right? Varying degrees of, of uh, intensity, varying uh, degrees of rudeness, whatever. And I, I admit that I have not always been my most virtuous self in those conversations or in Facebook comments and things like that. And so I apologize to those people. I try to, I apologize and take it back if I think I'm wrong or delete it or whatever it might be. Um, and we're all called to do that, right? You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes if you're engaging in these conversations and these debates. And I think it's better to be courageous and engage in conversation and discussion and be willing to risk failure and make mistakes or have people hate you than it is to not, especially when you're talking about standing up for things like life, like the right to life or religious freedoms or things that are like directly tied to our faith um, in, in God and into justice and, and liberty and, uh, you know, just like the virtue of our nation. Like th those things are important to discuss. You can't, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that in your life, I, I personally believe that it shouldn't be in your life that nobody knows where you stand on some of these big things. You know, it shouldn't be a question um, to the people that are closest to you, whether or not you're pro-life. Um, just like it shouldn't be a question to them whether or not you're Catholic, right? It doesn't mean that you have to wear a badge or a t-shirt all the time that says I stand for life or that, you know, that you, a Catholic t-shirt all the time. But it does mean that like your life is supposed to reflect your values and your words and your thoughts and actions including your voting should reflect your values, right? But sometimes we get so tied up into that emotionally that we end up reacting emotionally to people in Facebook comments or in conversations or just judging other people generally. Um, you know, that's probably my, my biggest vice when it comes to all this stuff is I just see some people that I disagree with on TV or on Instagram or whatever it might be and just like quickly judge them to assume that they're terrible or stupid or whatever it might be. And so we have to drift away from that and start to pray for people um, that we think are lost, that not just because they disagree with it doesn't mean that they're necessarily lost, but for those who are, you know, advocating for some very um, ungodly things, we do need to pray for those people for their conversion of heart, especially those who claim to be, claim the Catholic faith and believe and, and endorse and support those things, um, you know, that deteriorate life and the value of life and, and, um, and marriage and uh, just, you know, some of those and religious freedom and freedom of speech and things like that. So we have to, we have to be, you know, weary of the way that we pr proceed with these conversations and things like that. But it's such a good training ground, you know, oftentimes you'll hear, like, if you're praying for patience, God's going to give you opportunities to be patient. If you're praying for humility, God's going to give you opportunities to be humility. If you're praying to be more forgiving, God's going to give you opportunities to be forgiving. This is a great time to grow in virtue. I can tell you that because you're going to experience what it's like to get worked up by people who you disagree with, to be upset, um, and to see how you handle that. And that's where sainthood really is made, I believe. It's it, just like greatness is forged through the fire, right? So you're forged through those difficult moments, the difficult, uh, the, the battles you face, you know, the mountains you climb in your life. And so in those little moments, and I, the conversation I was having yesterday uh, with somebody um, in my personal messages in, about, the, about abortion, 
I could just feel my heart. It, it, that's the one that gets me the most worked up. And so I can feel my heart kind of getting heated and I'm getting out of a good place. And you got to know when to take a break. You got to know when to step away. You got to know when to say, you know what, this conversation really isn't going to be fruitful. This person is just being rude. They're not open to listening or hearing anything I have to say. Um, you got to know when to step away. You got to know when to leave. And I think that that's something that's so important. And this is going to be kind of my closing, my closing point, my closing thought is that I think that sometimes we get so we get so obsessed or so um, certain people do get so obsessed with fighting back against, you know, what might be our modern day Pharisees in the church, right? Our modern day, like strict rule followers, very little love in their heart. Um, We push back against that. You see a lot of like modern day Christianity want to push back against religion for those purposes, right? Into pushing about, you know, God loves a sinner. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus ate and dined and all this stuff with sinners. And it's like, that's absolutely true. Jesus did do those things and we're called to do those things and we should love sinners and we should love, you know, we're sinners. So it's easy. It should be almost easier, you know, like for us to realize that or it should be easy for us to realize that if Jesus who was sinless loved sinners, then we as sinners who are trying to be like Jesus ought to love sinners, right? Like that's basic math. But I think the other thing that we have to recognize too, is that Jesus didn't stay with every sinner. Like Jesus moved on. And it says, like scripture tells us this, the gospel tells us, you know, that he left towns, like he would heal a lot of people and he moved about to different places and he stayed on his mission. He stayed focused. And that's what we have to do. We have to stay on our mission and stay focused. And so I think that we have to recognize that there's, there's a difference between somebody who's, you know, calmly pro-choice or calmly, um, you know, disagrees with you in different, different areas that says, you know, it's open to having a conversation or has, you can tell somebody has good intentions and they genuinely, you know, want what's best for people. And this is what they think is best for people, even though they might be wrong in that, they're genuinely in a good place. And then you have people who are just shouting rude things, who are just vulgar and nasty and and mean and extremely close-minded and where they're at in their position. It's hard for me to fathom that Jesus would stay and just be a part of that and just subject his apostles to that. Now, Jesus probably had this unbelievable grace, you know what I mean, who could change the heart of the hardest sinner, no doubt. Um, just, just his presence. But also, like, when you see people who are doing these vulgar things in the streets or, or, you know, making these nasty claims, like, Jesus would not have just stayed and begged them to change. Jesus didn't beg people to change. He let people walk away. He gave people the truth and he let people walk away. And so we have to recognize that as well. Jesus changed, like, stayed and ate and dined with the, the sinners and stuff, um, you know, the tax collectors and prostitutes and all those things. Absolutely. But not every single one of them, you know, there had to be ones who were just nasty and vulgar and tried to seduce him and do different things that he, he did not say, oh yeah, let me just keep spending time with you. You know what I mean? Like Jesus got up and moved on. Like Jesus called people. If they said no, he said, okay, I'll, if you change your mind, you know, come find me, but I'm moving on. Like I'm going to continue my life. And so we have to do that as well. Recognize that, we're not called to engage and have long conversations with every single person. And we're called to discern who's actually open to hearing the truth and who's not. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, as I always come back to basic evangelization, being able to discern whether or not somebody's heart is open, asking God to show you, to give you the grace, to give you the words to speak um, and feeling the movement of the Holy spirit to know when to engage with people, whether in social media or in real life, when to engage with people in those difficult conversations, because you can't just do it on your time, right? Their heart and their mind have to be open as well. And so we, may we pray today to the Lord to give us all <clears throat> to replace our hearts of stone with hearts of flesh, to make us merciful and loving towards our neighbor, to remember what Matthew 5, what Jesus tells us in, in the Sermon on the Mount, 
to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. And we need to honestly do that. I think we don't do that enough in church. It's something I noticed when I was younger, you know, and I asked my spiritual director in college, I said, why don't we ever pray for abortionists in church or we pray for ISIS or pray for, you know, our actual enemies? Why, do, why don't we do that? Like Jesus very clearly tells us to do that. Why don't we do that in the petitions in mass? So I encourage you today, pray for the enemies of our nation, pray for the enemies of our, of our church that are alive and well today. And there are many in number, you know, you see things like the attack in the church in, in Paris, um, where three people were killed. You see the, the church is being burned down in South America, churches being attacked and, and statues being destroyed and stuff like that in the United States. This is very real. And I think that as Catholics, we have to stay unified. So if you're going to fight with anybody today, don't fight with the Catholic, you know, at least be loving towards one another. Let's be calm. Let's be hopeful. Let's be optimistic. Let's spread messages of hope and joy and peace and the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has come to set us free from sin who wants us to be his ambassadors here on, on this earth. And this is a time where we're going to need doctors. We need spiritual doctors to be out there willing to care for the sick. Get yourself right with God. Go to confession when you can. Go to mass today if you can. Um, pray the rosary today and be your very, very best because we can't settle for anything less, especially today, especially in the coming weeks in the time of our country. It's a time to be strong. It's a time to be a disciple of Jesus, an ambassador for Christ and a soldier for Christ. So follow God, lead others and never surrender. Now is not the time to give in. It's not the time to give up. It's not the time to become secular and worldly in your in your worldview. This, the politics, the politics have politics. Politics have a special way of drawing us away from our faith and into the world. Um, because they they draw on our heartstrings and they pull us to believe that this is what's right and they create a secular especially when you're talking about um the, and you know this is the only kind of political thing i'm going to say today um but i think that you see it on the right as well but leftism as a as a religion when you talk about leftism in politics like the far extreme leftism draws people into what is almost a religion and draws people out of actual belief in God, you know, especially when you push towards socialism, that is like the guiding principle of socialism and communism is a, an atheist nation. And so you have to understand that they're trying to replace the government, your God with the government. And so you have to be careful with that. On the other side, you have people who I think are extreme that think that Donald Trump is the chosen one. I do not believe that. I'm not convinced of that by any means um, that he's like the chosen one of God. Um, but yeah, I think we have to be careful with that. So don't allow politics to replace Jesus in your life. Don't allow politics to replace your faith or your religion. We need Jesus. We need to follow him. We need to be like him. Um, and we need to spread his message uh, throughout the world. So go out there and make some disciples. Pursue personal holiness. Make sure you get your prayer time in today. Be hopeful. Be joyful. We're called to rejoice at all times. St. Paul says rejoice always. I say it again. Rejoice. So no matter what happens today, no matter what happens tonight or the coming days, be hopeful. Be your best out there and live your life. You are to take extreme ownership of your life and to allow God to handle everything else. So have faith that God, our church, um, will prevail and we will be okay. And it's going to be all right. So be your best.